All right, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. My name is Dave Everett, and we're going to be continuing our teaching this morning on practicing his presence. Uh, this will be part five. This will be the conclusion of uh, this uh, series as we will start a new series next week. Um, so I apologize for being a little bit late. Uh, we had some travel uh, over the weekend, uh, and so we uh, got in late last night and had a little late start. So anyway, here we are. And we're going to just jump right on in this morning as we're talking again about practicing his presence. Okay. Now, last, over the last few weeks, we've been actually talking from Romans chapter 1, verse 21, where it says, And because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Last teaching series and this teaching series, we spent a lot of time unpacking this verse. I'm taking this, uh, all the four steps that can lead to a, either a full heart, <coughs> excuse me, or a heart that's full of God, a heart that's being led by the Spirit of God. And so, um, we talked a lot of, in this series about the point of glorifying God as God, as valuing God as God, magnifying Him, being thankful, uh, having our imaginations, um, not being vain, but being full of the, uh, of the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and whatnot. And, uh, and then we spent a lot of time last week talking about our hearts, how our hearts need to be sensitive to God, where God wants to speak to our hearts, our spirits, from spirit to spirit, and we should be led God, that's where God communicates with us. It's not, <coughs> excuse me, it's not that God can't communicate other ways, but God is always communicating to our spirit, our born-again spirit, spirit, soul, and body. Our spirit is born again. And it's, it's our spirit that's the new creation in Christ Jesus. And the, whole, the spirit of God speaks to our spirit, speaks to our spirit to spirit. And so he speaks to our heart. And we need to be led by our heart. We need to guard our heart with all diligence. Because out of it springs all the issues of life. And so anyway, I'm not going to reteach last, last week's message. But I want to continue on that theme as we conclude this series. And on the idea of how do we get understanding. <coughs> Excuse me, trying to get that out of my system. How do we train our hearts to hear and see God. How do we train ourselves, our hearts to be led by hearing and seeing and through, through our spirit the things of God? God. Okay? And uh, so we'll, we'll use several verses this morning. The first one we're going to go to is Psalm 118, verse 99. It says, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation." We're going to be talking a lot about meditating, being on the word of, being, uh, being in the word of God, meditating on His word day and night. Okay, and we have we can have understanding as we are being as we are letting our hearts be led by the Spirit of God, being led by the Word of God. We have understanding, and we can have more understanding than our teachers for. His, his testimonies in his word and by the testimony 
by the Holy Spirit who testifies of Jesus. They are our meditation. Okay, now med this word meditation, we're going to be looking at this in a couple different angles, but we need to see when we when we read the Word of God. You know, if we want to be led by the Spirit of God, we need the first place we need to start is the Word of God. <laughs> Why do you want to read the Word of God if you won't even spend time with the written Word of God? And I'm not saying that God can't speak to you to give you a personal word, but you need to learn to begin to have a relationship with the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God. And when we see, when we read the Word of God, we need to also be thinking about. We need to be meditating on it. It's kind of like, the one way I like to explain it, it's like a cow um, who chooses cud. Okay? Where it chews it and mows it over, over and over and over again. Okay? And we need to meditate on God's Word day and night until we see it with our spiritual eyes. It's kind of thinking back to the last week, so I don't have time to develop all that again. Okay? And our, we have spiritual eyes, we have spiritual ears. Okay? And we need to hear and see with our spiritual eyes. And we need to meditate when we read the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit brings the Word of God to our remembrance at times. We need to meditate on the Word of God till we see that Word in the imagination of in our spiritual eyes. And, 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 and let me rephrase that. Let me say it again. Until we see it with our spiritual eyes of our heart, which is also called our imagination. We can't walk in the full benefits unless we do, unless we do it over and over again. Meditate over and over again in our minds. The Word of God, the things of God. Okay? Jesus said in John 14, 12, that was the truth. said to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. And he's going to the Father in the context of John 14, 15, 16. He's talking about the Holy Spirit who will come. Okay? And so, the Holy, we're going to be talking a lot about the Holy Spirit as well this morning. Because he's involved. He's involved in bringing the Scriptures to remembrance. He's involved in helping us to meditate on the Word of God. He's involved in, in testifying of Jesus. He's involved. The, the Word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Okay? And so, but I just made a point. I said, we can't walk out the full benefits unless we do it over and over again in our mind until we meditate in God's Word day and night. Jesus said that we will do greater works. And we're not going to walk in those greater works until we meditate on the fact that we will do greater works over and over again. Am I making sense? We need to meditate on this. We need to mull it over. We need to, we need to, to not just read it and move on. We need to read it and meditate on what Jesus is telling us to do. What Jesus expects his church to be doing. And we're talking about processing his presence. That's the top, 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 top title of the series. 
And his presence is not excluded from the word of God because the word of God is not the ink. The word of God is the person. And we need to practice his presence. And we need to practice not just reading the word and moving on, but we need to be meditating on the word of God day and night. And speaking and letting him speak to us, spirit to spirit, by his word, by the spirit of truth, this Holy Spirit. And we can get this into our hearts. And then we begin to act it out. And that makes sense. We need to have a relationship with the word of God. It's not just a little, you know, we treat the word of God like a fast food. Like a microwave. We read it and move on. They'll sit and dine. Sup with him. And he with you. Okay? We must see his word. And this is just one example. But we must see his word in our hearts before we experience it. <coughs> so again, let's use this as an example. We must see in our hearts that we are doing greater works than he's doing in our hearts before we ever experience doing the greater works. Am I making sense? We need to see ourselves doing that. Where do we see ourselves doing that? In our spirit. In our imaginations. In our hearts. And we need to see ourselves doing that before we, we do it physically. Before we do it in the natural. We need to stop and Think about the Word of God, not just read it and move on. We need to talk to God. We need to, we need to have a conversation with God. What do you mean by that? <coughs> Why am I not walking in this? Where's the disconnect? Have a conversation with God. Whatever you're reading, whatever you're meditating on. Talk to, have a Bible study with God. Have a Bible study with the Holy Spirit. Have a Bible study with Jesus. Talk to him about his word. Ponder yourself doing the things that he says that we can do. See yourselves healing the sick. See yourselves cleansing the lepers. See yourselves raising the dead. See yourselves opening blind eyes and opening deaf ears. See yourselves doing greater works than he will do. Because you have a relationship with God. You're practicing His presence. You're practicing the presence of the Holy Spirit. You're practicing the presence of the Word of God. You're practicing a relationship, a communion with God. Being sensitive to Him and His Word. See with your hearts. And see with your spirit. Seeing with your spiritual eyes. We need to see. But we also need to listen to God directing us to do certain things. Sometimes when we read a scripture, God's going to tell us to do something. And then we need to be responsive and do what he says to do. But we need to see it on the inside first. You see, the word of God is a seed. And that seed needs to be conceived in the ground. You don't just put the seed on the ground and walk away. No, you need to water that word. You need to fertilize that word. You need to allow that word to get established in the heart, the soil of your heart, so it can gestate and germinate and be established and rooted 
You need to be so rooted in the Word of God, the things of God, the Spirit of God, and then go do the works of God. You need to practice His presence. You need to see it on the inside first. You need to see it conceived. And then you need to hear me for you to experience the harvest of that seed. The harvest doesn't come right first. The harvest is the fruit of a relationship with God, a relationship with the Word of God, a relationship with the conception of God, the Word of seed being conceived in your heart. You meditate, you fertilize it, you wash it, you water it with the Word. <coughs> Excuse me. We're practicing His presence. Am I making sense? Okay? You, and and, and during, during this whole exercise, you need to exercise your mind. I've already quoted it several times, but Joshua, when they said, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, and you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I can spend a whole hour on this. That we need to, God's word should not depart from our mouths, what we say, how we talk. It should not depart, we should meditate on a day and night that we may observe to do according to everything written in it. And then we will be prosperous. And we will have good success in everything we do. Now we're talking a lot about meditating. In some of us think that we need to have a class or learn how to meditate. No, you don't. We all meditate all the time. Most of us are expert worriers. We worry about things. We hear a report from the doctor or a bank account or something something was said or something that's going on in the world or the news. And we meditate on it day and night. We imagine, what if this happens, or what if that happens? Or we, we, we play something someone said, or something we said, or something we did, or something they did. And we play all different scenarios in our mind. We meditate on it day and night. And it doesn't even, it doesn't depart from our mouth. Okay, it doesn't depart from our mouth. We meditate on it day and night, and we do according to what we are worried about, what we are what we are uh, afraid about. This is meditation in the negative sense. But most of us, all of us, are, many of us are experts. I mean, we are just veterans at meditating day and night in a negative sense. And we need to put all that energy to be naturally minded to death but we need to be spiritually minded, which is life and peace. And we've been carnally minded, worrying about things, meditating on things that God told us not to meditate on. So a lot of things that we're worried about, we're actually in disobedience to the Word of God, if we want to go that far. Okay? But we need to, we just need by the Spirit of God to train ourselves by the Spirit of God to meditate on his word day and night and do according to it that we may be prosperous and have good success. We just need to think positively rather than having vain imaginations. 
And where does it start? It starts with glorifying God as God, being thankful. And now, if you begin to have a lifestyle of practicing His presence, glorifying, magnifying, valuing God, and being thankful, your imaginations will change and your heart will change. Because it's in, the, it's in His presence of glorifying God as God and being thankful that his, the seed of His Word is being sown in your heart. And you begin to meditate on it. With a thankful heart. Not a critical heart. Not a complaining heart. Not a murmuring and complaining. But a heart of thankfulness. Glorifying God as God. We've, we've looked at this verse many times when Isaiah says, <coughs> You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. We need to keep our mind stayed on him, meditating on him, practicing his presence. Okay, Second Corinthians 10 says, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought. Every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. As we're practicing His presence, as we're meditating on God's Word, as we're trying to get understanding, spirit to spirit in our hearts, we need to bring, exercise our mind by bringing every thought to captivity to the obedience of Christ. Okay? So we need to and, and part of this whole meditation, part of this understanding, part of this, how do we exercise our heart to, to hear and see God? We need to bring every thought into captivity. Every thought. Even the small ones. <coughs> to the being of Christ. Any thought that is against the knowledge of God. The Word of God. The spirit of truth. We need to bring it into captivity to the abuse of Christ. And what is the best place to start? Start glorifying God as God. Start being thankful. And it will be hard for you to do this if you're not glorifying God as God and being thankful. It will be very hard. Okay? We need to read God's word with our heart. Not just our mind. Some of you need to get your brain out of the way. And we need to read God's Word with our hearts. We need to read it with our spirit. Not just our intellect. <coughs> Excuse me, Psalm 119. It says, through your precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. God's precepts, God's word. You know, one thing I love about Psalm 119, every verse gives a promise and instruction and admonition to prioritize God's word. And we need to prioritize God's word so that we can get understanding. We need to read with our hearts. We need to open our hearts to get understanding from God's word. God will give, if we will practice his presence and be in God's word and meditate on him and be in his, uh, in the practice of our presence with the Holy Spirit, which I'll get into in just 
just a few moments we'll have understanding because he will teach us all things we will have the mind of Christ okay Psalm 119 verses 130 <coughs> the entrance of your words gives life it gives understanding to the simple God's word gives us light where our hearts and minds are not dark but we have understanding and we're making sense Some people struggle with the Word of God. They, they struggle understanding the Word of God. Okay? For different reasons. They're trying to understand, but one reason why they're struggling because they're trying to understand it with their intellect, with their brain. But we need to understand it with our hearts. Okay? From our heart, from our spirit, man. Because the Word of God touches your heart. The Word of God, by the Holy Spirit, was written to your hearts from spirit to spirit. It wasn't written to your intellect. It was written to your heart. And it's there that you will get understanding. Okay? You know, anytime I see the word light, it means to enlighten, to illuminate. It's not dark. It's not confusing. There's understanding. Proverbs 1 says this, To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, just judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge, and discretion. A few years ago, I did a whole message off, off of this, about the wisdom, uh, the, the point of wisdom. I forgot the title of, the, of, that, of that series. And this was a springboard for that message several years ago, so you can see that in our, our archives. But God gives us understanding. He gives us wisdom. But we must open our hearts to His words. To His word. We need to practice His presence so that we can get Instruction, wisdom and instruction, and to perceive the words of understanding. We need to have, have, have see, when we're, when we're reading the Word of God, we need to have a conversation with God. We need to invite the Holy Spirit to teach us the Word. He's our teacher. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. <clears throat> to bring things to our remembrance what He told us. We need to invite the Holy Spirit to our devotions and our Bible studies. <coughs> And we need to allow the Holy Spirit to give us a perception of the words of understanding so we can understand it with our spirit and not our brain. All right, it sense. Okay? We need to open our hearts to His Word. And we need to meditate it so we can have more understanding. Proverbs 2, 1 to 4 says... Okay, I think I have more to read here. Let me go back. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will take wise counsel to understand the problem. And the word of the wise and their riddles. Anyway, there's more that I can elaborate on here, 
But again, you, I hope you're seeing a pattern here, and we're going to continue to on the steam for a while. But if we want practice His presence and in, 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 in the Word of God and with the Spirit of God, we will increase learning. We will become knowledgeable. We will become educated in the things of God. And if we will be a man of understanding, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel, the Word of God from the Spirit of God, and from those, from different men and women of God who are being led by the Spirit of God. Of God. I don't mind, I, I is wise to get counsel. But I don't, I'm not going to seek counsel from the world. I'm going to seek counsel from a man or woman of God who is being led by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God. I want to receive counsel from those who are practicing His presence. That makes sense? Because that's where wisdom is. That's where understanding is. That's where we increase. Excuse me, we hear. I want, to, I want to hear from God. If I'm not hearing from God, good, I need to seek counsel from those who are. Okay, let's get now to Proverbs 2. My son, if you receive my word and treasure my commands within, we need to treasure God's word. We need to treasure practicing his presence. So that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. We need to apply our heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures. God, practicing His presence and being, and right now we're focusing a lot on God's Word, but we need to seek first the kingdom of God. It needs to be our, our number one pursuit. We need to seek her like we do silver, money, precious gems, like we search for hidden treasures. If I gave you a, tre a, a, a treasure map, would you search for it? And I told you there were millions and billions of dollars. Would you put all your all out to follow that map and try to find that treasure? Well, can I promise you that there's millions and billions of dollars if we will? If we will seek God's word? That's a whole other message and that's a whole other concept. And some people will find that scandalous. Okay, but we, got, there's so much God has promised us. And if we will prioritize a relationship with God, practicing His presence, practicing the Word of God, we will have understanding. But my, the point I'm trying to bring out right now, that we, the, uh, we, the principal thing, which I, I haven't totally finished the stuff, the principal mm -hmm. thing is that we need to to practice this presence, we need to search God's word as treasure. God's word needs to be, God's presence, his word, the relationship with God needs to be the most important thing in your life. More important than money, more important than your job, more important than your family, more important than your spouse and your kids. The only way you're going to be the best parent, the best mom, the best uh, spouse, the best employee, is if you practice the presence of God. Look at Joseph. Look at Daniel. Look at many others who practice God's presence. And they excel in society. And so, 
Let's move on. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, common knowledge and understanding. You know, I, I thought it was here in the text, but um, when you read the book of Proverbs, and again, I did a study on this a couple of years back, but wisdom is the principal thing of Scripture says. And where do we get wisdom? We get wisdom from from inclining our ear to God, to having a relationship with God, to practicing His presence. I hope I'm making sense. I hope I'm coming across. I feel, I feel like I'm being a little, um, not totally on game here, but I'm letting the Holy Spirit lead me. See, let me just go back and say something here. I think sometimes we spiritualize things too much. But we need to desire God's Word more than anything else. See, wisdom, you know, Sol Solomon who wrote the book of Proverbs understood this. Wisdom is more po more powerful and more valuable than money. If you have wisdom, even if someone steals your money, you'll know how to get some more. Because there's more where that comes from. Wisdom is it is a principal thing according to the book of Proverbs. And God gave Solomon wisdom. We know that. We know the story. We've heard the story. Yes, yes, Solomon was one of the richest men on the planet and everything. And God God, God gave him that, 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 that prosperity too. But the thing that Solomon sought, sought the most was wisdom. And you're not going to get wisdom outside of a relationship with God. I hope that making sense. But going back to uh, this verse here, this passage of scripture, then you will, let's go back real quick. If you will seek God's wisdom, if you will seek the word, his word like treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth and come knowledge and understanding. If you want knowledge and understanding, it comes from practicing His presence, and it comes from the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Let's jump down to verse 11. Discretion will preserve you, but understanding will keep you. Well, folks, we need understanding. Well, you know, one thing I want to speak to you back, especially in these last days, the days are evil, there's a lot of deception, there's a lot of wickedness in our world. We need discernment. We need discretion. Okay? And we will get, and discretion will preserve you, and understanding will keep you. Well, where do we, where do we get this discretion? Where do we get this understanding and knowledge? Where do we get all this? We get it from the Word of God. We get it from a relationship with God. We get it from a relationship with the Spirit of God, who inspired the Word of God. Am I making sense? We need to practice His presence. Again, you know, I, I always go to people like Daniel and Joseph and David. These are men of God who, who prioritize God's presence as the principal thing. And the, all, especially looking at Joseph and Daniel, these were very wise men who had a lot of discretion, who had a lot of understanding, had a lot of wisdom. And had a lot of favor with God 
and with men. They excel not only spiritually, they excel with the society, even the wicked leadership. <coughs> they excel for the glory of God. I mean, Daniel and Joseph, they persuaded kings, wicked kings. And they had favor with God because they practiced His presence. And they prioritized the Word of God and the things of God. And they got wisdom and they got understanding. Let's jump down to Proverbs 4 7. Wisdom is a principal thing. That's a, that's a word I was trying to get, come, come across. I forgot where it was at. But wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And all you're getting, get understanding. I elaborate on this a lot more in my teaching on wisdom that I taught uh, a few years back. But, see, there's a, there's a, there's a heart attitude that I'm, 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 I'm speaking towards this morning. I'm hoping that's making sense. So our heart is not foolish. It's not darkened. Okay? But, again, and I don't have it on the, on the screen this morning, but to be carnally, naturally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And I don't want carnal knowledge. I want under wisdom that comes from God. I want understanding. Okay? But understanding is a function of the heart. Okay? We get understanding in our heart. And where do we get this wisdom and understanding? We get it from God's Word. We get it from a relationship with the Word of God. We get it from a relationship with God and the Spirit of God. We need to practice His presence. We need to practice meditating on His Word. Proverbs 6.32 says, Whoever commits adultery with the woman lacks understanding. Who does so destroys his own soul. Now I'm going to take this in a negative sense. If you are living in sin, and I'll spend some time with this in a little bit more in a, in a few minutes too, but if you're living in sin, and right now let's talk about adultery because that's the context, you don't have understanding. Someone who's living in sin and committing adultery does not have understanding, does not have wisdom from God. The fact that you commit adultery, you do not have understanding. You're being led by the flesh. You're being led by lust. Not understanding. You're letting your hormones and your flesh be your God. Be your Lord. And you're not glorifying God as God. You're not being thankful. Your imagination is definitely a vain. And your heart is darkened because it does not have understanding. Where did you know adultery didn't just start with lust. It started with not glorifying God and being thankful. Okay? We all need to take heed lest we fall. Any of us can slip up and make a mistake, go down the wrong path. But I will tell you this it will be harder for you to slip up and fall if you are practicing His presence. But if you're wishy washy, if your practicing His presence is not consistent and not faithful, you are a prime target to slipping and falling into something I call adultery. Okay? It will be harder for you to live in sin and commit sin 
if you are practicing his presence with his word, hide his word, Lord, may I hide your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. It's going to be harder for you to slip up and fall if you are having a real relationship with the Holy Spirit. But if it's hit and miss, if it's not consistent, if it's <coughs> on one day, off another day, if you're not passing His presence all day long, all you're doing is spend an hour with God, but not all day long, He's not on your meditation, He's not on your thoughts, it will be easy if you only spend one hour a day, the other 23 hours, how are you living? If you're spending 23 hours living out of the flesh, being carnally minded in one hour with God, or just 15 minutes with God, you're going to be very, very good target to fall into any type of sin. Whether it be adultery or whatever it might be. Am I making sense? With, yeah, see, if you're not passing His presence, if you're not... Prioritizing and treasuring God's word and His presence as the number one thing, as a principal thing, you are a target to to slip and fall into a pit, into a snare called sin. Okay. And take it from another angle, Psalm thirty-two nine: Do not be like a horse or like a mule, which have no understanding. Which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Animals, as much as they are cuddly and fun, dogs and cats and whatnot, they do not have understanding. Okay? I'm not saying some dogs and animals can't be smart to a certain level, but they don't have understanding we're talking about. Okay? Animals respond to physical only. Come here, little bug. Come here, little doggy. Come here, little puppy. You know, kitty, kitty, kitty. They respond to touch. They respond to physical, your voice, your tone, love, affection, food. Okay? Attention. They respond to physical only. Don't be like an animal. Don't be like a horse and a mule that you only respond to to physical stuff, stuff only, being naturally minded only, because animals, a horse, a dog, a cat, do not have understanding. But you can. If you don't have understanding, and because you're committed, don't you? You're acting like a horse. A mule. An animal. Okay? And so, anyway, I, I could go a lot of different directions with this. But, some of this stuff is normal for animals to do, in a sense, one, one sense of the word. Because they're just being an animal. They don't have understanding. One dog's going to like another dog, and they don't have marriage, and they don't have all this stuff. They don't have understanding. Anyway, I hope you make my point. I'm making my point. But don't act like an animal. Just sleeping around everyone. With no understanding. And I can take this a whole many different directions, not just adultery, but we're different. We're, we're not only human, we're born again. We have the mind of Christ. We have a relationship with the living God. Okay? Listen to your heart. 
See, animals don't have a spirit. But God, the Spirit of God, is speaking to our spirit, our inner man, spirit to spirit that's born again. Listen to your heart and you will have understanding. Some wait to listen to God when everything's going wrong. But they don't have a lifestyle of listening to God. They don't have a lifestyle of getting their understanding. They don't have a lifestyle of a relationship with God. They, only, they, they will only listen by their spirit when everything's gone wrong. We need to be proactive, not just reactive. That make sense? See, some people are living from pit to pit instead of living from glory to glory. Some people are living from problem to problem instead of living from faith to faith. We need to listen with our hearts versus listening with our hormones and lack of understanding. Some of you, and I'm not trying to be gross or crude, but some of you, your hormones are your Lord. There's no understanding in that. That's, that's what animals do. Okay? If you're living in sin, I already touched on this, you don't have understanding. I mean, going back to, well, you don't have understanding if you're living in sin. In other words, you're brain dead. Not physically speaking, spiritually speaking. Because if you're not listening to God with your heart, if you're not being sensitive to God, which we talked a lot about last week, but, see, your, your brain, if you're living in sin, you're not being sensitive to the inner witness of the Holy Spirit that's telling you to stop it. Because if you're going down this road with adultery or gossip or any other sin, the Holy Spirit is telling you to stop it. And you're not being sensitive. You're actually voiding. We're talking about practicing this presence. But if we don't, we're not going to have a lifestyle doing that, some of us have avoided God so long that when he is speaking, warning us, telling us to stop it, we have already hardened our heart, become callous to the voice of God. And we are totally insensitive to the voice of God. We don't have any communion with God. We're letting our hormones and our flesh lead us and guide us. And call us. Okay. But it, let's flip the coin. Let's make this positive now. Okay. If you will practice his presence, be with him, you have a lifestyle where the number one thing that you treasure is God, a relationship with God. Wisdom and understanding is the principal thing. And your relationship with God is just tight. It's, it's awesome. And God is ruling in your heart. It will be impossible for you to follow sin. Because he is guarding your heart. 
But if you're not practicing His presence, your heart is free game for the enemy. Okay. And I can take everything I'm talking about right now and go to the parable of the sower. Where only one seed fell on good soil, produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. See, if you're living in sin as a lifestyle, you have to shut God out of your heart. You have to shut the Word of God out of your heart. You have to shut the Spirit of God out of your heart. But if you will, <coughs> the key to holiness, the key to walking in holiness, I mean, no, we receive holiness and righteousness not by what we do, but because of the blood of Jesus. But we're supposed to live that out. We're supposed to... It's called the fruit of holiness. It's called the fruit of righteousness. Jesus is the seed. But we will experience a holy life, a righteous life, a godly life. Living Godliness means living like God. We're... we're Doing what Jesus would do. Where does that come from? It comes from practicing His presence. It comes from being in relationship with God. Am I making sense? I mean, even in the, in the garden, before He went to the cross, did Jesus not tell His disciples, pray that you do not fall into sin? Because He knew what was coming. That night, we, we give Peter a hard time, but they all fled. They all fled for their lives out of fear. See, if you're living in sin, you're not in communion with God. Because God's not leading you to do that. The grace of God will teach you to deny God. If you're living in adultery, you're not in communion with God. I didn't say you lost your salvation. I said you're not in communion with God. I said, if you're living in gossip, you're not in communion with God. If you read Ephesians 4, and you're living in gossip, you are grieving the Holy Spirit. If you're selfish, you're not committed with God. If you're angry, depressed, that does not come from a communion with God. I'm not saying that God's left you, that you lost your salvation, but in that moment, in that instance, you that, that activity, that behavior, is not coming from a communion with God. Am I making sense? See, what one of my key verses is, is that because they knew that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. How do we get to a darkened heart? How do we get to a vain imagination? We get there because we don't have communion with God. How do we guard our hearts? How do we guard our imaginations? We glorify God as God. We're thankful we have a relationship with God. 
Am I making sense? Right now, in this message, I'm focusing and zeroing in on this glorifying with God and being thankful as a relationship with, with the Word of God. We're talking about practicing His presence. And when we practice His presence, it will guard our hearts from being darkened. If you, the, the, if you want to guard your heart from living in adultery and depression and anger management, gossip, selfishness, and many other things, you need to glorify God and God and be thankful. You need to practice His presence so He will hide His word in your heart so he, you will not sin against Him. Am I making sense? The key to holy godliness is to have a relationship with God. There's many other benefits and aspects of a relationship with God, but this is what I'm talking about at this moment. Okay? We need to value God. We need to be thankful. We need to have a positive imagination. We need to be sensitive to God. If you're living in sin, then you, in that moment, in that lifestyle, you're not being sensitive to God because God is not leading you to do that jerk. How do we get set free from sin? We turn to Jesus. We focus on, we repent, change our mind, and focus on Jesus. We're not just turning from sin, although true, we're turning to Jesus. And by turning to Jesus, we are turning from sin. Because you can't serve Jesus and sin too. I've seen so many people get set free from so many lifestyles. Including the gay lifestyle, drugs, pornography, and whatnot, gossip. Because they start practicing God's presence, His Word, the Holy Spirit, and so forth. See, so many times we're trying to change our behavior without changing our hearts. So many times we're trying to change our circumstances without first changing our hearts. <coughs> Are you following I'm all about changing our behavior. I'm all about changing our circumstances. But we first need to change our hearts. But we're not going to, we're going to have a very hard time changing our behavior or changing our circumstances if our values are wrong and we're not glorifying God as God. We're going to have a very hard time changing our behavior and our circumstances if our attitude is wrong. We're going to have a very hard time changing our behavior and our circumstances if our imaginations are wrong. What we think about, what we mow over, what we meditate on, what we worry about, what we think about. We're going to have a very hard time changing our behavior and our circumstances if our priorities are wrong. We're going to have a very hard time changing our behavior circumstances if our heart is wrong. We're going to have a very hard time changing our behavior 
in our circumstances if we are not sensitive to God. And many of us wonder why we're praying for, we're believing for different results, but our hearts are not being sensitive to God. And we wonder why we're not seeing different results. Our values are wrong. Our attitudes are wrong. Our imaginations are wrong. The way we're thinking is wrong. Our priorities are wrong. Our heart is wrong. It's not sensitive to God. And we're wondering why we're not getting results in our behavior, in our prayers, in our circumstances. See, God designed us to first and foremost have a relationship with You know, we, 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 we get on, we blame the, in Revelation chapter 2 and 4, 2 and 3, excuse me, Jesus visits seven churches. In the last church, the church of Laodicea, the church in its worst condition, Jesus comes and knocks on the door of that church. That church was messed up. That church was had a lot of things wrong. But what, what, what was the first thing that Jesus wanted to do to that church? He wanted to come and sup with them and he with them. He wanted to reestablish a relationship. Are you following me? How do you change? If you're in a church, <coughs> excuse me, in a place in a, in a very dark place. How do you change? How do you change your heart? How do you change your life? How do you change your circumstances? You start with a relationship with God. Am I making sense? See, God designed us for relationship. God designed us to glorify Him as God and being thankful and to have good imaginations and not allow our hearts to be darkened. See, many of us, we want instant results when we pray. But we don't want to put any effort out. We don't want to have any faith. Now, that sounds, sounds wrong. Dave, I thought you'd think, I thought you taught grace was not based on performance. Yes, I do. It's not based on our performance. However, his performance should be changing our performance. Am I making sense with that? The grace of God teaches us to deny ungodliness. See, I'm starting next week, I'm going to be, be talking talk, starting a new set, uh, series talking about the seed. Let me know. It's God's word that changes and brings the harvest. It's a seed that brings the harvest. But we have a responsibility that we need to allow that seed to be sown in our hearts. See, when a farmer or gardener sows a seed, this, the farmer doesn't really produce the crop. What the farmer, what the farmer does, he sows the seed, he waters the seed, he fertilizes the seed. 
But the seed does all the work. There's effort in the sense that we need to allow the Word of God to get into our hearts. But once the Word of God gets in our heart, God is the one that does the change. His Word is the one that changes our life. Our effort is allowing the Word of God to get into our hearts. Once it's in our hearts, God's the one that does the change. Am I making sense? We don't change our life. We don't save ourselves. But we have to hear the Word of God. We have to believe the Word of God. We have to receive the Word of God. He does everything else. If we are saved by grace through faith, He provides the, the, the grace, the seed, but we have to put faith in that seed. And we need to receive it by faith. That makes sense. We have an effort. Our effort is to believe and receive. Our, or our effort is to allow the Word of God to get into our hearts. The effortless change is because the seed does the work. The, the, the seed of God's Word, His presence, His Spirit changes us. Our effort is to believe and receive. <coughs> our effort is to have a regular diet. Of the Word of God, His presence, but spending time with Him. Our effort is to labor to get into His rest. And in His rest, His presence changes everything else. We can't change our circumstances, we can't change our lives, but we can create the atmosphere for Him to do so. Am I making sense? Okay. We want instant results. And there is a such thing as an effortless change, and that sounds like an oxymoron. But we must first be established in God versus being established in sin and in the flesh. And when we are established in a relationship with God, and we are listening to God from spirit to spirit, God will lead us by our hearts. I shared some verses last week how our heart, how our how evil hearts lead to adultery and murder and all kinds of stuff. All about all of the, all these wickednesses done from the heart. Well, if wickedness can be done with the heart. God can lead our hearts, and our hearts are godly. Our hearts have an understanding of God and the things of God. God can lead us by our hearts. Am I making sense? Am I coming across? Because I don't even know if I'm, how, how I'm doing here. But we need to be led by the Spirit of God. We need to be led by our hearts. And not by our minds. Not by our emotions. Not by our feelings. Not by our hormones. You can't change your heart. Sorry. Excuse me. Let me re say that. You can't change your heart without glorifying Him as God. Are you guys paying attention? I got you. You can't change your heart without, without glorifying God. You can't change your heart without being thankful. You can't change your heart without using your imaginations in a good way. 
This is how you access your heart. This is how you begin to change your life. You glorify God as God, be thankful, and allow Him to guard your imaginations, your understanding. The way you see, the way that you understand, the way that you perceive things. The way that you comprehend. See, this thing doesn't work backwards. You can't start with the heart here in imagination. You have to start with glorifying God. You have to start with being thankful. Am I making any sense? See, we need to value God as God. See, how are you going to practice His presence when you don't even value His Word? You don't value a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking, I'm not trying to get anyone's case, but some of us are there. We need to value God. How are you glorifying God as God if you're not being, spending time with His Word as in, the number one thing in your life? <coughs> How are you glorifying God as God if you don't recognize and spend time with the Spirit of God? How is He your God? How is He your God if you're not magnifying God in His Word? You see, if we're not glorifying God as God and being thankful, we will become insensitive to God. And when we become insensitive to God, we will be led by the flesh, led by our emotions, led by our hormones. And we need to have our hearts established in a relationship with God, in a communion with God. And how, how is our heart established in a, a relationship with God if we don't even meditate on God in constant communion with God? We just check in on Sundays. We just check in one hour, 15 minutes a week, a day. That's not a relationship. We need to put His Word in our hearts. We need to put the seed of God's Word in our hearts. And he will do the rest. Not quite sure how I'm doing on time because I know I started late. But, see, the Word of God is a seed. Let's go to a quick Mark chapter 4. And Jesus said, The kingdom of God is that a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by day and night and rise day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields cross by itself first the blade and then the head and after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. I love this passage of scripture in Mark chapter 4. When he said, now the kingdom of God is like a seed. There's several parables that Jesus gives about the kingdom of God is like a seed. That's why I'm going to spend some time on the seed in the next several weeks. But 
when the seed is on the ground, he should sleep by day, night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. See, we need to glorify God as God, and the Word of God is a seed. God will change our lives. God's Word will change our lives. God's Word will protect us. God's Word will, will inspire and, 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 and educate us. There's so many things that the Word of God will do. But the kingdom of God is like a seed. Okay? And if we want the kingdom of God to rule and to reign in our lives, if we want the kingdom of God, if we want Jesus to not only be our Savior, but also our Lord, and we want the kingdom of God to be manifested in our lives, in our circumstances, in our country, in our families, in our nation, then we need to allow the seed of God to get in our hearts. <coughs> we don't know always how the seed of God works. It's a seed. Everything that's in that seed. See, if you plant a seed, or just say an apple tree, apple seed, everything that that tree needs. The tree itself, the leaves, the branches, the blossoms, the apples themselves, and the seed within the apple. Everything that a tree needs to be an apple tree is in that seed. The seed grows on its own. Our, what we have to do is plant that seed, water that seed, and sometimes fertilize that seed. But the seed grows on its own, and we don't know exactly how. We're not in charge. We're not involved with that seed growing in and of itself. All we are involved with is having a, a soil, our hearts, an atmosphere for that seed to do its thing. God's word is the seed. God's word will change and grow in our lives, mature us. We just need to create a heart, an atmosphere, a relationship where that seed is grounded in our hearts like a seed. So you don't you don't plant that seed in the ground and then you pull it out and go play with it. You put the seed in the heart, you put the seed in the soil, and you leave it there. We need, to, we need to allow God's word to be so grounded in our heart and we don't just take it out and put something else in there. Am I making sense? And when it does grow, when it does sprout and grow, whether you, 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 the earth, the soil, yields crops by itself. By itself. The word of God will grow by itself. First the blade and then the head and after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens immediately, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And a lot of us are praying for things. A lot of us are wanting God to move in our lives. We want the harvest. But none of us want to plant the seed. And allow that seed to grow by itself. First the blade and then the head and then the full grain in the head. We want, this is called seed time and harvest. And we might plant the seed because we want the harvest, but none of us are patient and will endure the thing called time. Seed, time, and harvest. 
time is the part that I'm talking about where we need a relationship with God. We need to practice His presence so that that seed can do its thing so that we can have a harvest in our behavior, in our lives, in our families, in the country, in our world. <coughs> we need to have a relationship with the seed of God's Word called the Kingdom of God. We need to get, we need to get God's Kingdom in our hearts. We don't know exactly how it grows. It grows by itself. We want a harvest, but we need to allow it to grow. We need to allow it to sprout and grow. Am I making sense? This whole sprouting and growing, this whole blade and the head and the full grain in the head, what am I talking about? I'm talking about pressing his presence. I'm talking about pressing where his seed, his kingdom is in us. And it's, it's allowed by itself to do something in us and through us so that we can have a harvest. There will be a day where we can, we can bring out the sickle to gather the harvest. But we, that day will never come if we don't practice his presence when the kingdom of God, the spirit of God, the seed of God's word can gestate and sprout and grow in our hearts. Am I making sense? See, life is released from the seed once that seed is planted in the earth, the ground. Earth can't yield something if there's nothing in there. But there's a, sometimes there's other seeds. There's negative seeds. There's words that we say, words that other people say, that we have valued more than we have valued God. God's word is, is the seed. But there are other seeds called weeds and other things. Life and death are in the power of the, of the tongue. And I'll spend more time on this in the next several weeks when I talk about the seed. But some of us are releasing negative things instead of releasing the kingdom of God. The things of God. Okay? And whatever we're allowing to be planted into the soil of our hearts is what we are harvesting. If you don't like your harvest, then you need to change the seed. Am I making sense? And we need to practice His presence so that His seed can gestate and dominate. And we need to practice His presence more than anything else, so that his seed is a dominant seed in our hearts. Am I making sense? See, it's time to germinate. It's time to believe that his seed is growing, even though we can't see it because it's buried in the earth, it's buried in the ground, it's buried under the soil. But we need to meditate on his word. 
so that we can see this effortless change. What I mean by effortless change? It grows by itself. Effortlessly. I don't see an apple tree. Let's produce an apple. It doesn't do that. It grows effortlessly. It grows by itself. We don't always know how it grows. But until we get it planted in the ground, in the earth, it can't, it can't sprout and grow. That makes sense? We need to allow God's word to be established so growth and the roots can happen. And that growth produces change. Okay? See, the word, if we will allow God's word, like a seed, the kingdom of God, like a seed, we grow, and we will practice that presence. His seed, his kingdom being inside of us. See, the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. See, the miracle. The miracle that we need is in the seed. The harvest that we want is in the seed. But we need to practice His presence. We need to allow His seed to germinate and gestate in our hearts. And we do that through prayer and we do that through fasting. See, prayer and fasting is really just a fertilizer of that seed. The power is in the seed. The whole kingdom of God is in that seed. But prayer and fasting is the fertilizer that helps that thing grow. Our effort is not the sprouting and growing. Our effort is to plant his word in our hearts. That make sense? I was going to answer that. I don't need to answer that. That's our effort. Our effort is to get the word of God in our hearts to water that thing. And sometimes to fertilize that thing. But it will grow by itself. And then, then we will be involved. We'll bring out the sickle so we can gather the harvest. Sometimes we need to do it. But we need to guard our heart with all diligence. We need to protect that thing. We need to, we need to guard our heart. You plant new grass. You plant a garden. You keep everything out of that thing. You guard it. You protect it. You nurture it. It's going to grow by itself. It, what it doesn't need is interference. What it doesn't need is a doggy coming digging it up. What it doesn't need is birds coming and stealing the seed. It needs to be guarded. It needs to be protected. You need to guard your heart so other things don't get in there and dig it up. And still see. The word of God produces change. But ministry, the ministry, the thing that what I'm doing, the thing that we all should be doing as able ministers in the new covenant is a product of meditating with God. In, in the Word of God. And ministry is a product, is a byproduct, is a fruit of a relationship with God. His Word, His Spirit. I cannot be a good minister.
a relationship with God first and foremost. Your seed brings the harvest. I think I'm almost out of time here. And I think I think what I'm going to do, I, I'm going to do a part six next week. I'm going to make this one more week because I want to spend one more time with what I want to do. I don't want to rush it. Um, I spent more time in this than, than I planned on. So we'll just push everything back one more week. But I hope I'm making sense. We're talking about fasting in his presence. We want the harvest. But we need to, and I'll go to, I think it's uh, almost my last verse here. Just one second, let me find it. Uh, it's not this week, it was last week's. But I think I ended with it last week. In my notes, Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, We need to be still and know that He is God. We need to practice His presence. We need to be still. And we, and what I'm trying to get across right now this week is a relationship with the Word of God so we can have understanding, so we can have God is going to lead us by our hearts. We have the mind of Christ. In Him we know all things. And how do we draw that out? We draw that out because we prioritize His presence. And from that we get wisdom and understanding and guidance. He's the Spirit of Truth. And we need to meditate on God's Word day and night that we may have, that we might be prosperous and have good success. We want a harvest, but we need uh, the seed of His kingdom to be sown in our hearts and not be plucked out. Hopefully it makes sense. We need to practice Amen, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Amen.